I was born addicted to drugs. My mom was an addict, so I was born addicted to drugs. I cried in addiction for drugs as a baby. I went back and forth between my mom and foster care until I was permanently placed. Becoming a mother was the kickstart to my success. I gotta do this and Uh there's no options. Gotta feed these kids, there's no options. I had my daughter in 2014. In 2018, still living paycheck to paycheck. My son was born deaf. I have over 100 appointments within the first year of his life, just figuring things out. And in that time, my relationship's falling apart. In that time, I got fired. In that time, I'm broke. In that time, it's just dark. But I knew I had to do this for my kids. So if it wasn't for my kids, you know, that's really what kickstarted this, like, how to do it. Did I know real estate was going to work? No. Did yeah. I love real estate growing up? No, I never read Home Magazine. I just knew I wanted to be in sales, and I wanted to impact lives. What's going on, world Jerry? You know what time it is? It's your girl, Nikki. And your boy, Dina. You are officially tuned into another episode of the BKBQ Podcast, where we highlight black love, black legacy, and black excellence. Man, you already know what time it is. Let's get it. Let's go, baby girl, baby girl. How you feel? I'm feeling great. Today, we have another special episode, so I'm really excited to get into the conversation and hear what we have. Girl, yes, you read about that, man. We have a very special person on the podcast today. Ladies and gentlemen... <laughs> I introduce you to the one and only Sasha Vela. Let's get it. Let's go. go. How you doing, Thank Sasha? You. How you I'm doing? I'm doing good. The energy here is amazing. <laughs> I can only, only be good. Doing good. So thank you for having me, guys. Yo, that's I'm what's excited. up, man. Well, before we begin, like, let's tell the people, who are you? Who yeah. is Sasha Vela? Like? Yeah, what's going on? So hi, everybody. Um, I'm a realtor here in the GTA. I'm also a financial coach. Um, I've actually learned to introduce myself differently as opposed to what I do, but mm-hmm. who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ambitious. I'm driven. I'm successful. I'm a queen, a black queen. Yeah. Um, and I'm on my way to the top. Let's I go. love that. I love yeah. that. You said, you said something that you, you said something that got yeah. me like going out. Okay. So you said you're ambitious. You're a black queen. Yeah. Uh, you're successful. But yeah. we know before every success story, there's a storm. Um, what does that look like for you? Like, where did it all begin for Sasha? Take me back to the early days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, so I actually grew up in a smaller town. Um, people are kind of like thrown off by that. Cause I'm so outgoing. I have so much personality. I have so mm-hmm. much confidence. I walk in the room. I tend to dominate, um, energy there, but I grew up in a really small town. Um, and, um, it's Waterloo. It's not that small, but at the time. Right. Um, so I grew up, um, over there. I was born in Scarborough, born and raised in Scarborough. Um, yeah. Um, I, um, so my mother, I was born actually, and we can get deeper into it because it's part of my purpose mm-hmm. and, um, you know, where I'm at now is is a crazy it's crazy from where I came from because um you know many would say I, I was born not even you know supposed to, I wasn't even supposed to really make it yeah I was born addicted to drugs my mom was an addict so I was born addicted wow. to drugs I cried in addiction for drugs as a baby um so just coming from that to where I'm at is 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 super powerful um but um I I went back and forth between my mom and foster care until I was permanently placed. Um, I was um, permanently placed in a home. I was adopted. And that's where I, when I moved to Waterloo, I grew up in Waterloo. Um, 
I grew up with other adopted children. I grew up with my parents' biological children. Um, it was a beautiful family. I'm the youngest of four. Um, lots of love, lots of support. Um, I never really had a dominant mother figure because me and my adopted mom clashed okay. all through all through till my 20s, till I moved out at 17. Jeez. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's, I didn't actually have anyone to really call my mom. Um, and, uh, until my biological mom, we rekindled our relationship and my adopted mom, we got a lot closer. Um, always been super close to my dad. He's my best friend. Um, he adopted me on his birthday. Um, so Jeez, at what age? Uh, five. Gee, wow. Yeah. So, uh, we just celebrated our uh, 30th adoption year mm-hmm. this year. Wow. Um, so yeah. Clap it yeah, up for that. So, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been, so that's kind of where I started. Um, for those who have watched uh, the episode that you guys had done, um, you know, struggled through school, uh, not because I was academically um, challenged, just more so I didn't apply myself. I didn't push. I didn't want it. Yeah. Um, and that goes for everything. As soon as I want something, I turn it up and it's done. Graduated high school, um, moved out immediately mm-hmm. <laughs> to the city. <laughs> I was very unemployable. I bounced from job to job. Not because I wasn't a good employee, but because I knew my value wasn't at equal exchange for the for the money. Yeah. So I kept trying to climb until I got some ownership in some salons, worked in some salons. I, I got a better understanding of control of of my power, what I can bring to the table. Um, and that was early. That was like in my mm-hmm. early 20s. So that's when I really like turned on boss mode and was like, listen, mm-hmm. everything is negotiable. Everything yeah. is a deal. Big facts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going to get what I want. Right. Because right? I can bring you guys what you need. Right. So I just started putting myself in the right places, Um, all commission based jobs, whether it was sales, whether it was everything comes back to sales. But, you know, serving um, whatever it was, like bartending, whatever it was. Um, And, you know, if I if you want to take it back, like I had that. I, I knew I was going to be good at that because, you know, I dominated like the cookie sales. Like, girl, mm-hmm. guys, I dominated the soccer fundraisers mm-hmm. I dominated all that stuff. Um, and I was really lucky, you know, I owe it all to God, but then second, my dad, because he nurtured that gift of gab. He said, you know, you're going to, you're going to sell something and that's going to be your gift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, you know, we grow up, we we're now, you know, we're in, we're black, right. And then within our community, we're so used to hearing like, we're, you know, shh, shh to our children, we right. hush our children, like shh, shh, quiet, quiet. Um, but you know, it's such a blessing that my dad gave me that grace and patience to you know, walk me separate from the other kids so I could talk to more people, you know, take me trick or treating mm-hmm. separate than the other kids so I could talk about their house, talk yep. to their mm-hmm. cat, like whatever. He was like, nah, like you have a gift. You're meant to talk. You're meant to speak. You're meant to help people. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So I heard you talking about things you've been dominating, right? Um, I want to take it back though. So before we get there, talk to me about the effects being adopted had on you as a child. And I want you to like channel that inner girl that can tell me yeah. how you felt and how it has affected you. Not only how did it affect you when you were younger, but throughout life. And mm-hmm. if you ever did anything to heal from that, what did that look like? Yeah, good question. Um, I felt like I, I constantly fought um, the feeling of not feeling accepted. Yeah. Um, I constantly fought, you know, my story's so different. Everyone mm-hmm. just has their mom and their dad, but like I'm black. My mom and dad don't look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I went through a period where, you know, I yearned for that. Like, you know, I want to look like someone like I want it to be a blood tie. Mm-hmm. Right. Until again, I got, you know, closer to my family 
my um adopt uh sorry my biological family but um it was hard because i found myself pushing that to the side a lot mm-hmm. um i dealt with um you know not accepting who i really was um so that was a constant battle with you know not be walking in what i was really meant to do um how did i heal from that um you know what really happened is growing up going through relationships, whether platonic, romantic, Mm -hmm. realizing my downfalls in those relationships came from my lack of self-love and acceptance and not growing up loving who I was because I lacked that, you know, representation. I didn't see anyone doing things that, you know, were powerful, were, were moving, were, you know, like literally like the biggest, like, you know, besides like the big, big, you know, like, uh, like Whitney Houston and things like that is like, you know, it's basically just like, yeah, pop stars and things like yeah. that. Um, you know, like Mel B was like my idol. I was like, okay, that's, that. mm-hmm. she, she looks like she could be my mom. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, but yeah, so I struggled with that. Um, but going through relationships, that's like later on, that's when I started realizing like, I need to heal the inner me, the, the little me, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm facing a lot of, um, attachment issues acceptance issues things like that and then it started to unravel um it was ugly for a little bit but it was so healing and so beautiful um and we could talk about you know my quest on my highest self if you want to get into it later yeah. mm-hmm. um but that's that's that was 2023 for me a super powerful year i love it okay so do you have any children I have two children. You do. That's yeah. so awesome. And so I know you talked about that you're a boss and you're a queen and you're all that good stuff. And I just wanted to know how did you or did your journey ever intersect with you being a mother? And how did you like deal with that? Like your personal situations and like having to raise now these children. How did those two things interact for you? Yeah, actually becoming a mother was the kickstart to my success. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's really what kickstarted like me like that like I got to do this and Uh there's no options. Got to feed these kids. There's no options. I got to do it. So what had happened is I had my daughter in 2014 and then I had my son in 2018. My son was born deaf. So um, I went through and it was COVID time. So um, me and their father, we were together for nine years. Um, We went through like over 100 appointments in the first year of his life. That's when I knew because I was serving full time at that time. I didn't get full time real estate until I was licensed at 2017. I didn't go full time till 2019 because I got fired from the restaurant in 2019. In 2018, still living paycheck to paycheck. My son's born. I have over 100 appointments within the first year of his life, just figuring things out, navigating, figuring out the right intervention for him. Um, And in that time my relationships falling apart in that time I got fired Mm -hmm. in that time I'm broke in that time. It's just dark. Mm -hmm. Um, but I knew I had to do this for my kids. So if it wasn't for my kids, you know, that's really what kick like kickstarted this, like gotta do it. Got fired, went full time into real estate. Um, I knew that I needed to take control of my income and control of my schedule because my son came first and any given day I'd have an appointment. I'd have to run here. I'd have to do that. I have Mm -hmm. to do this. Um, so they really helped me break through in terms of, um, finding more purpose. So I have another question for you. So how did you go about finding resources to kind of navigate your children's needs? Cause for me right now, or for us, we have children who have allergies and they have crazy allergies. And I find that I'm constantly just researching, like, 
every day. I always have to be on the computer looking for answers. You go to the doctors, they're just like, it may go away. Like, you never, like, they really don't yeah. have anything good to offer. So, how did you find resources to help you or give you that kind of peace to kind of keep yeah. pushing? That's a good question. Community. Okay. Yep. Community. Um, and not just like the community that looks like me mm-hmm. and is going through the same challenges and yep. adversity yeah. as me. I had to find, you know, like black deaf community. Wow. Right. Cause black ASL is different than ASL. We do that. We sign a little with a little more swag. I love that. You know what <laughs> I mean? So I had to find that. And that was so important because not only did I have to find that for, um, you know, um, common ground and understanding, but also for the representation for my son. Um, so I know it doesn't, it does not, doesn't resemble the exact same with allergies, mm-hmm. but you know, if you go to the doctors and it, the truth of the matter is when you go certain places, you know, you might face certain challenges for different reasons. And I found that when it came to medical resources and support, um, I look young, I look like a young mom. Right. I'm going often on my own. I look like a young single mom. I don't have a ring. I was never married. Um, you know, I have two kids. Mm-hmm. Um, like I wasn't taken serious, this and that. I was kind of given the fluff of whatever. Um, so community and, and how I did that is I went to Facebook. Okay. I found a lot of people on Facebook. I, I, I found people that, you know, not only doctors or sorry, professionals in the industry, but people that are actually going through it. Okay. Yeah. So I just uh, researched, took it to the internet, um, and yeah, I, I found community. Um, and in that, actually, I started um, my own like business and brand. It was called Rep ASL, um, and that was um, for more um, Black people in the community to learn Black ASL gotcha. because it's not promoted. People don't understand that it's a different language. Um, so yeah, so then that started a whole wave of of you know um different people and energies and people mm-hmm. from actually all over the world so it was, yeah it was really beautiful so i would say just you know community digging in beautiful. i love it so yeah. i wanna i wanna i wanna ask you something now so we know the journey we know where you got to where you're at right now um growing up you didn't think you'd be a real estate agent um you said you were working at a restaurant what click at some point like Something has to click. There's always a clicking moment where you realize, you know what? I am bigger than this mm-hmm. and um, I'm going to take a chance. At the end of the day, I'm pretty sure it was a risk because you're going from income that you know is coming every yeah. two weeks to now like, hey, I got to fight for this. Like, mm-hmm. I got to I gotta depend on me to make sure I get yeah. this every single check, mm-hmm. right? It's not guaranteed. Nothing was guaranteed. Yeah. What made you pursue that? Like, was that, was there a fire inside? Like, a per, was it based on purpose? Or were you just fed up with where you were at, your living situation or anything? Like, what yeah. did that look like? So, um, my back was against the wall and I got fired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I would be if I never got fired. Wow. I so don't know. Before you even say, so most people get fired, right? And their first instinct is, I got to hit up Indeed. Yep. I got I to gotta find some type of job because yeah. it's over. Normal people don't think, all right, I'm going to be an entrepreneur or I'm going to go, mm-hmm. I'm going to get into sales where, yeah. shoot, I don't even know where the next check's going to come from. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you had bills that you had to pay, all that yeah. stuff. Everything was lined up with your checks and all that stuff, right? Yeah. But you chose to go this route. Yeah. Like, what, something had to click here. Yeah. What was that? 
yeah, it was really the risk. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it was understanding, like I said, I understood very early that I was unemployable and that I had a lot of value to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. When I served, I, I stood out in the crowd. Every job I went to, I, I got to the top real quick. Um, and I understood, you know, at a smaller scale, if I can provide good service at this table, they like me, I'm giving them good energy, I'm able to upsell. In turn, my commission goes up, aka my tip. Mm. So when that was happening, I was like, okay, this is good. Um, but the real that, and then the click was just that my kids need me. Like my son needed me. So I can't be, you know, if I can't make that nine to five, you know, if I got a call in sick and they're mad, like I'm going to lose my job, then Mm -hmm. what am I going to do? So I need to now take control of my income, take control of my job. Um, and, um, figure it out so did i know real estate was gonna work no did i love real estate growing up no i never Mm. read home magazine i just knew i wanted to be in sales um and i wanted to impact lives what made you choose real estate so i'm pretty sure there was a lot of things you could have chose right why did you pick real estate and what was the reason and the purpose behind that um i read a statistic that black families are 40 percent less likely to own real estate and i thought that was bs so i was like what am i gonna do to change that like Mm -hmm. because that's crap. Like, why is that that case? Right. Mm-hmm. So I got my license. Um, and really and truly behind that is um, closing the wealth gap, educating more families and individuals on how to um, build economic power in the communities mm-hmm. um, and spill into the greater picture, which is, you know, the big like opportunity throughout the world. Um, we can't change, you know, where we've come from. We can't change history, but we can, you know, definitely start with the future. Um, and I want to be able to educate more people and therefore their children. Um, predominantly, I help women with financial literacy uh, for three reasons. One, to build their confidence. So when they're walking in rooms, um, they can negotiate salaries better. Mm-hmm. They can, um, you know, lock in better terms, whether it's a, a investment, real estate portfolio, whatever. Um, and I help them to because women are natural nurturers. So, you know, the more women know for financial literacy, the more they're going to share, the more they're going to help the community, the more they're going to help families. Um, so I pour that. And then the third one is we have a new wave of bosses. Yeah, we have a whole that. wave Aye. of female bosses and we're that. taking over. But if we want to keep me keeping that, maintain that, sustain that, we need to know our financial literacy. Um, I have a great accountant, right? He's he's great. Mm-hmm. But um, it's liberating knowing that I understand my finances in my business, whether I'm, you know, taking control of that or not. Um, so I'm really just trying to close that wealth gap. Um, money isn't everything, but it sure does make the world go around. Mm-hmm. And the more we know, the better we can do, the more opportunities and we can close that gap. We're in the Black King, Black Queen podcast, right? You're a black queen. I'm pretty sure it hasn't been easy. <laughs> what are some challenges you faced being in the industry that you're in? And how did you overcome those challenges? Like, I'm pretty sure it's, it's tough. Like black girls get looked down on. Um, how did you navigate during those seasons? Cause I'm pretty sure you did have those seasons. What did you do to break through those barriers? And now you're at the top. Like mm-hmm. I want to know how you got there. Yeah. Like, yeah. Honestly, I don't have a secret sauce or, or anything, but just staying true to who I am and dealing with the, the BS. Um, I make sure that I have ways to calm myself down, you know, so that unfortunately we're seen as acting a fool if we if we respond right mm-hmm. or if we react right so um i just make sure that i have my affirmations and i i have my self love and i know who i am and i know my uh value and uh qualities 
that I bring to the table. Um, what it looked like is a lot of, oh, you don't you don't look how you sound or I'm surprised mm-hmm. this, that, or, you know, you can't wear your natural hair when you go out on into the, the workforce or, you know, how do you, you know, why are you wearing braids or this or that? Like a lot of just like blatant racism. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really just stuck with it, stuck through um, and built a network. Where we are now is there's so many more, so much more diversity in the in the real estate game. And it's so good to see. Um, and I'm so happy that I'm here and I'm so happy that I've been able to kind of pioneer that. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I just stayed true to who I who do I who I am. And I never folded every time I get a, a sale or a, a house to sell in a predominantly, you know, South Asian or you know, white or Asian community, I will put my signs so proudly. I make sure my face is on that sign. It's mm-hmm. not just my logo, it's my face. Um, and just, you know, be really proud about it. Um, I bring my kids, you know, they know what's going on. They know, you know, black owned, black sold, black money. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just pushing through. A lot of people are in, you know, spaces where, um, they're not seen as, as respected or taken as serious. Um, you're seen, you know, it's it's there. Um, st- keep your composure. My advice is keep your composure. Keep pushing. Stay true to who you are. And as long as you keep fighting, you'll come on top. Can you talk to a little bit to the mothers who want to be bosses as well? Like, how did you find that balance and how did you maintain it? How were you able to yeah. pursue entrepreneurship and be a mom? Yeah, balance is is tough and I don't believe in it. Um, if you take a scale and you put it at balance, it's actually at zero. Mm-hmm. So if you want zero love, zero success, zero anything, that's kind of balance. And okay. I don't want that. So I replaced the word balance with harmony. And I just tried to. I tried to um, harmonize my life and make it make sense. Um, it's going to change every day. It's going to change every week. Right. As long as the fundamentals are there, um, you know, starting my day, for example, starting my day from a p- place of calmness, right? Um, controlling your day or your day will control you. Mm. Um, preparation, mastering your morning routine. Um, these are certain things, you know, figuring out if you're having a focus day, a, a floating day or a free day. Like what do you, you know? self-love is so Mm -hmm. important right you gotta understand your fueling right what fuels you what keeps you going what's Mm -hmm. your why you're Mm -hmm. not always going to know the how but just focus on the why um and keep going no one can tell you what you can and can't do it's up to you Mm -hmm. right it's really up to you and you have all the tools god's equipped you with all the tools to do everything you're you have your assignment just keep going um and don't stop. Don't stop for anyone. And no one should be able to look at you and say, like, you know, why do you work so hard or why yeah. are you going so hard? Like, you know, don't have anyone question that. Go hard and get it done. And and then they're going to look at you like, oh, OK, that makes sense. Like no one asks like Kobe, like, why are you going so hard? Mm-hmm. Right. No one asks like MJ, like, you know, you work too hard. Right. Like just keep going and stay true and understand that sometimes the plan changes. Right. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it goes left. You want it to go right. That's OK. That's God's plan. Just keep going. All right. So oh, your, your 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 journey to being where you're at, uh, you said you had your license for two years before you actually started to use it, right? Um, talk to the people that want to get into real estate. Why is that? A, why is it a good thing to get into real estate right now in this day and age? Well, besides the point, like you know, real estate, it depends what you want, 
right? Um, real estate is a great vehicle to get into real estate, yeah. um, to, to make actual real estate money. Because when you think about it, if you're already buying and flipping properties, why not get paid on doing that? Make a commission, cover your closing costs, right? It helps out there. Um, but also, um, it's tough. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, it's not the time now to get into it. It's mm-hmm. not the time to buy. Sometimes I'll let alone become a realtor. Well, when is the time? Right. Because you're not going to be prepared to sell properties if you get into the market when it's hot and flying. Yep. This is the market that builds good realtors. This is the market that's going to build you up to be able to sustain the environments that come in such heat waves, right? So um, I think real estate for me has been such a great tool to um, earn money, make money, and run my own schedule. Walk me through your journey, because, I mean, I hear it. You had your real estate license 2017. You used it 2019. But what was the journey like? What are what are some things you have to go through to get to where you are right now? Like, uh, what numbers are you doing right now? You say you're successful, you're doing all this stuff. Like, what does that look like? So I had to do a lot of free stuff at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even after when I started going full time, I covered a lot of open houses. Um, you know, I would be the first to be like, Hey, can I help you out with this? Can I, you know, um, show up here for you? Can I show your clients certain properties? Um, the free stuff will pay you in the future. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're consistent with it and that's how you get like your experience. Um, in the beginning, you know, anytime I could, um, touch, touch, touch a opportunity, I would take it. Um, 20 okay so 2019 went full-time um did about i think like 13 leases and like two sales um 2020 i think i did about i didn't hit the double digit sales yet 2021 mm-hmm. is a crazy year mm-hmm. um you know i passed um you know i can't really talk on the numbers but mm-hmm. i did i did pretty well um i sold over 10 million that year um, did really well for myself. Won a, won a couple awards that year. Um, 2022 um, was a good year. Um, not as good. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, 2022 taught me how what it's like in this game, right? You're not always going to have good years, yeah. right? And when you want to be in an industry, you want to be in some sort of industry where you're earning, you know, your earning potential is, is, your, is your commission. Mm-hmm. Um, you're making money on the go. You got to know how to maintain it. You got to know how to, you know, go through the the debtor seasons, right? So that taught me how to kind of hold my money as I am a financial coach. But when you have big commissions coming in, you got to know how to maintain and sustain throughout the slower seasons. Um, I'm so thankful. I focus a lot on um, retaining clients. So even during these seasons of 2023 where the market has been slow, I've been consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to hit my goals this year. I'm still going to cross six figures. Um, I'm happy with myself. Um, I've grown in other areas that are going to put pillars in my business for the next couple of years. You did an event for us the other day and I'm going to, they, they could cancel me all they want to, but yo, we're going to talk about this. So you made, you made mention of something (laughs) that Instagram tried to shut you up for. (laughs) They tried to shut me down. They they did. They tried to shut you up for it. So I want you to explain to the listeners what you were talking about when you were talking about, uh, red zoning. Like, what does that, what does that look like? Like, give us the history behind it. Give me the facts. Like, you know, go, go all in, man. Like, so they going to cancel us? Yeah, man, let, let's do it. Like, then, <laughs> then cancel us. But we talking. Like, yeah, for real. So, I mean, I touched on it, but it, what had happened was um, the maps were redlined in the predominantly black neighborhoods, mm-hmm. okay? And what had happened was, you know, literally with a red pen, 
the areas that were marked, we're not going to receive the funding. We're not going to receive the support for education, for real estate, for, um, you know, um, uh, mortgages, police, everything. Literally, mm-hmm. they're build, they're taking the ghettos and they're just not pouring nothing into these areas. Um, and the areas that were prominently white were green zoned and they were receiving the funding. Even coming back from the war, you know, if you're white, you're receiving the funding, you're receiving homes, you're receiving mortgages like it didn't take much. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's happening now is you're seeing that these areas that are redlined, um, the crime rate is just continuing and cycling and cycling. Because if you listen, you got to understand that young, especially young men especially if they don't have their fathers in their life, they're going to find mentors. They're going to find people to look up to, whether it's somebody on TV, somebody, you know, up the street, somewhere, somewhere. Right. So if we're not, if those neighborhoods are not fully equipped and cycling, you know, in proper form, the economic, the economy there is just falling apart where it's just an ugly cycle and it's actually starting to compound now. Mm -hmm. So, um, that is what kind of create, that's what really, separated the wealth gap right there because now where we're at imagine if back in the 30s 40s 50s 60s even through the civil movement we're unable to acquire real estate we can now can't pass it down to our our generations right and that's like our biggest asset Mm -hmm. to pass on if i can pass on a house to my kids then they can pass that on to their kids that's Mm -hmm. where generational wealth comes right right? i understand generational wealth is not just the money it's the money it's also the knowledge not just the monetary but we want to be able to have some asset to pass on like that's our goals right um now we're back hundreds and hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. now because we don't have those assets to pass on. And that's that gap, right, that I'm talking about and that we're trying to close in. Um, and that's going to come now from knowledge. It's going to come from, you know, people putting their pride to the side, coming together, right? Understanding that, you know, we got to get, you know, creative in yeah. real estate spaces. Um, so, um yeah, redlining is just discrimination against funding towards real estate and blacks not receiving it. Okay, so um, what are some things that the black community can do to get into the market? So I went to Jamaica like uh, a couple years ago, maybe like three years ago. And, you know, we all hear the stories of our parents talking about, yeah, man, like I used to go to school with no shoes and no this and no that. <laughs> so I went to Jamaica and I... I was driving down and I actually saw kids going to school with no shoes and not like they're just walking miles. And I was just like, yo, it's crazy that our parents came from Jamaica and built a life, got a house, but the generation under them just can't seem to do the same mm-hmm. thing. What do you think the reason is for that? Like what, what went wrong in our community and what are some things that we can do to like set ourselves up to be homeowners? Cause, um, it's hard out here. I know I'm talking to a lot of people just like the, th- the thought is, especially in Toronto, I'll never own never, a home. Like yeah. we'll yeah. never own a home. Like, so yeah. one day around, cause we're already talking those things. I think I believe life and death is a part of your tongue, but outside 100%. of that, like there had to be something that happened for them to believe that. And what can we do? Cause there's other communities out there that are, that are man, one home. You got, you got 20 people in that bad boy yeah. until everything sets up and it's good. Exactly. Us in our culture, we're just like, nah, man, we want it for ourselves. We got to do this. We don't want to work together. But like, what do you think the root cause of that is? So a couple of things that you just said, right? It does come down to your mindset. And the news is so fear mongering now. When you see these big numbers, like, you know, as soon as we passed over 
like average million dollar homes, people were like, I can't afford that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Million dollars isn't that much. If we're going to, yeah. like, you know, we got to break things down and make it make sense. Yeah. Right. And and change your mindset because if the home costs a million dollars, oh, that sounds scary. But like, imagine owning a million dollar home, right. right? Like, where's your, what's the perspective there? So we got to change the conversations. We have to have more conversations and opportunities for conversations like you guys are having right now. Like we are, um, I think that our generation wants to look rich Right. We we want to look so rich. We don't want to be wealthy. You got to understand the difference between the two wealthy and rich. Right. We want our money long. We want it to grow. We want it to transcend. We want to be intergenerationally wealthy. Right. So we want to be able to pass it on and continue to pass it on. Um, When you start to get just fed up with your situation, things might change. Right. So I think that if we could all just kind of understand how to goal set properly and look at like I was, I break it down to my clients like this. Like if you have children, right? How old are your children? Four and two. Didn't that time fly? Yeah. yeah. So imagine <laughs> if you were doing something different the day they were born from now. It yeah. I know. You could have been so much further ahead yeah. financially, right? And it was only four years. Because when we tie time to something like our children, it flies. Yeah. Right? Like my daughter is nine. I felt like I had her like two days ago, right? Yeah, fast, so it's like yeah. imagine, and thankfully I was doing right, the like financially responsible and doing mm-hmm. the right things, putting the right money away, Same. investing mm-hmm. properly. Yeah. And I'm happy I was, right? And more people that can see people doing that, you know, it's important as well. You know, mm-hmm. so... um you know, understand goal setting. Like, what can you do with that money in five years? Understanding right. short-term, long-term um, goals, right? Understanding how to keep your money safe from you. Understanding how to properly plan. Understanding your money blocks, right. okay? A lot of people have money blocks. They were raised in a home that it was money is, you know, evil and, you know, this and that. If, when you understand the psychological relationship you hold with money, you might be able to save better. You might be able to understand more. When it comes to real estate, you got to talk to a professional. You got to make the numbers make sense. Once you have that conversation, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Once you know where you're at, you might not be able to buy today. You might not be able to buy next year. But if we can set a plan that you can buy in the next four, yeah. I guarantee your spending habits will change. Mm-hmm. But nobody wants to have that conversation because they're like, I can't afford real estate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, the instant gratification thing is a, is is facts because we want to be able to look at something that we can have right now. But people yeah. would rather buy go to Gucci and run up in Gucci yeah. just to show the gram that they yeah. got Gucci you know? and, to, and to save up and get a property, right? Because I know that's true because I was that guy. I'm not going to lie. Right. Like, first time I ran into a bag, man, I was bringing an entire family to Gucci. Everybody was going to Gucci. You're getting Gucci. Everybody's getting Gucci. But hey, something... dude, I didn't know you back then. <laughs> I was like, getting Gucci. Everybody was getting Gucci. But like one thing that I'm so grateful for yeah. that at the end of the day, yeah, I was doing all that stuff, but you better believe that we still were investing and we still were getting property and all that stuff. And yeah, even though we lost a lot of, of, of money, we, we still have those things, those assets we That's still it. have. Cause at the end of the day, you can lose all these things, you all this everything. name brand, all that yeah. stuff, but it's a yeah. lot harder to lose. I mean, people are losing houses. I'm not, it's all right, but like we haven't, yeah. we haven't lost those assets. Right. So um, like, yeah, I think if we could change our mindset, to getting in the way from flossing on the gram and yeah. and doing things for instant gratification because you know this person is gonna think I got it, we'll be far better. But right? that's it right there. It's the asset versus liability, yeah. right? Like as soon as you buy that nice car, you drive it off the lot. Depreciates immediately. It depreciates yeah. immediately. immediately, right? Yeah. So yeah, you got the nice whip. Yeah, you got this. And it's and you know, again, back to the goal setting, when you can see yourself how much further ahead, 
You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What's that going to take? It's going to take some sacrifices. It's not, you're not going to be able to get it all, have it all. And if that's what you want, then go for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Make more money. I will never tell anybody. I'm a financial coach. I'll never tell anyone how to make their money or how to spend their money rather. I never tell my clients how to spend their money, but I show them what it could look like if they spend differently. And they always change. Mm-hmm. They always change. It's just the little things at the beginning and the mindset. And once you start to wrap it around, you start to change your habits and your habits change your life. All right. yo. Mm-hmm. So we got to wrap this up. I got a question for you. And then I want to hear your closing remarks. Um, for the next five to 10 years, where do you see Sasha Villa? What do you see yourself doing? What kind of impact are you going to have on our community? Right now, I'm on the path to my highest self. Um, and I think that those characteristics that I hold in that are invaluable. They're priceless. Um, you can put a price on a house. You can put a price on a, a car. You can put a price on a bag. We can't put a price on your character. You can't put a price on your integrity, your self-love. So I'm really on a journey just to really master those categories in my life because once you do, mm-hmm. you create more balance, whatever that looks mm-hmm. like. You create more opportunity, right? And then once you're still there, you can you can flow and, and, and walk in your purpose on purpose. Um, I plan to break more barriers within the community and for equal rights within the real estate realm. I'm working now with um, some big names up in Oria to help um, even those who are renting because it's tough to rent while black. It's a thing. Hashtag renting while black. Um, it's There's groups and, um, and you know, um, I'm helping facilitate more support in those spaces um, because sometimes we got to rent and that is what it is. And when we can start to educate more, um, I know we can we can do more. So um, educating more is, is, is part of what I'm what I want to do. Um, public speaking, um, selling, you know, getting more families and individuals into real estate um, and building businesses. Um, and walking in their purpose. I think God has given me a gift to help others build their confidence and find their true self. So I want to continue to spread my energy and help others, um, you know, walk in their true self. And so um, could you just leave us with a few words for kings or queens and moms specifically, and those people who feel like they can't do it, they can't achieve certain goals, like how, what would you say to them? I would say embrace all your struggles. Struggle is real. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it's a lesson and a blessing. Um, keep going. You are here for a reason. Um, ev- you have everything that you need, all yeah. your tools. God has given you everything that you need. Um, too many times we think we have to carry it alone and we get discouraged by the weight of, of the world and life. But the truth of the matter is God is there with you and he wants to carry it with you and he's going to give you that strength. Right. So keep pushing, keep going. Um, if the path changes, embrace that that's god's plan as long as you walk in faith you will get to where you're destined to be um so keep going um i want to talk to the moms and i want to talk to the black queens and the black kings and i want to you know encourage you guys to continue to pour into your children be present yes so important yep um we're so distracted and Mm -hmm. and you know we didn't really grow up in that realm with our parents being that distracted and yet you know we still fight some of that backlash but i want you guys to i really want to encourage you know black kings and queens to put your phones down be present with your children you know i try to because i am an entrepreneur i can't always leave work at home Mm -hmm. but i try to turn my phones off i try to do certain things that my my children see that i'm present in their lives um you know our children are only you know 30 to 40 percent of the population but they're 100 percent of our future Mm -hmm. we need to continue to pour into them um 
we talk about how are we going to get into real estate? How are we going to do this? Well, we're going to educate ourselves and we're going to understand the difference between liabilities and assets. And we're going to teach our children. Our children are our future. Mm -hmm. So if we want better, maybe we just mess this generation up a bit, but it's not too late to fix the next. Right. And it continues like that. So keep going, have strength, have faith. um, And you got it. All right. So before I leave, I just want to, I have something for you guys and this is from my heart. And I think that, you know, I just want to say thank you guys. Yep. And it's kind of on behalf of the community because you guys are doing such an amazing thing. You're opening up such a platform, a community, a movement. Mm-hmm. And Dean has said to me plenty of times, you know, and I know Nikki, you can echo it that you guys aren't doing it for you. Yep. Right. It's a bigger picture. Wow. Right. And you guys put so many people on and give such great influence. So anyways, I got something for you guys. I got something for you guys. What are you doing? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm out, you know. I'm out. Out. <laughs> All right, let's go. All right, so I'm going to get it for you guys, all right? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Yo, your eyes. yo, she gotta uh, get, yo, she gotta get what we, what we getting? Like, I hope it's not a, uh, a real estate book. Yeah, what is it like? I, I close my eyes for real, for real. I close it. The tension as we wait. Yo, shut up, yo. Thank you so much. You guys are doing really big things, and just like you know. You guys are are changing the game and like we need this. And one thing I've said to you guys from the front is like from this jump is you guys don't cheap out. Like it's not like poor quality. You guys are going all in. You're putting it all on the line and you're really going hard. And I want to give you guys something because this is like a resemblance of, you know, the black kings, the black queens, the movement. Yo, and, um, it, it, yeah. it's crazy. You're crowning to me. the community. Yeah. So this is something that, you know, I, I look at that picture and it's what's crazy to me is like even like where we are in our marriage. Like, our motto is, if I make sure you're good mm. and you make sure I'm good, together we'll be great, yeah. right? And this is what mm-hmm. this picture says to me. Like, yeah, we're crowning it, each it's other. That's man, like, yeah. yo, and I appreciate that, you. And in like, doing that, you're, the power is transcending to the community. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we need more representation, like what you guys uh, are doing, right? Because you don't make it look perfect. That's yeah. not true representation because nothing yeah. is perfect. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you start to make it look too good, and that's why you guys have these type of shows, right? Because who could relate with if my story was perfect? Yeah. Right? right? So it's like crowning each other, keeping yeah. each other going, keeping that strength alive. And, and, yeah. and it's real, yo. Like, I, I'll end it with this. Like, we really don't okay. do this for bread. We really mm-hmm. don't do it for clout. Man, we never made a dollar off of anything we done with BKBQ. Like, and it's it's from the bottom of our hearts, like, cause we know what it's like to hit rock bottom, and we know what it's like to start to build back up, right? So we're coming for everybody that 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 feels like they're at rock bottom. Man, I'm coming for everybody that feels lost. We're coming for everybody that feels like their voice is not heard. Yeah, and we're empowering mm-hmm. you guys, man, and mm-hmm. we're telling you guys know that you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Lender and not a borrower, and you're a winner and not a quitter. Like, you could mm-hmm. do all things, yo. Anything you put your mind to, you could do. And if you have God on your side, yeah. no one could be against you, man. Like, and that, that's just what it is. Like, yeah. bro, like, nah, I appreciate yeah. this. Sasha, yeah, thank sure, you sure. so much, man. You're welcome. Thank no, you. Beautiful. No, thank you. Wow. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. If you guys receive any gems, if you guys were impacted in any way, shape, or form, I want you to drop it down in the comment section down below and let us know how you enjoy, how much you enjoyed this episode. Man, you already know what time it is, but I will always end every episode like this. There's an entire audience out there waiting on your yes. So I'm challenging every single person under the sound of my voice to choose purpose over fear. Why? Because there's somebody depending on you. 
You don't understand the impact that you have. So if you can just tap into your inner self, the thing that God gave you and only you, you will see how great you are. You already know what time it is. It's your boy, Dean. And your girl, Nikki. And we out. Peace.